Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to the King's House Podcast. We're a non-denominational church located in McAllister, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe that church is not something you go to, but a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until the family's there. Then the house becomes a home. So today we want to say, welcome home, as we jump into today's service. Good morning, King's House. Good morning, King's House. How's everybody doing today? Anybody excited to be in God's house this morning? Man, so honored, so blessed to have you here celebrating 20 years here at the King's House, guys. Hey, just a quick reminder, uh, Blake has an incredible video that we're about to watch. It's going to do an incredible job uh, celebrating looking back at the last 20 years. But if you have something to give for the giveaway, if there's any way you can get... Let us know before Wednesday. Wednesday night, we're going to be trying to get everything set up and ready to go. And we're still needing some things. So dig deep in them closets, folks. We'll take whatever nice thing, nice being the key word, not your junk, whatever nice thing that you want to donate, we'd be happy to take that off your hands. And please, don't forget to hang around after the service today. Uh, I'm going to give you some more instructions at the end of the service. But we're going to have a fish fry, and we're going to play volleyball, and we got a water slide. And we're going to, I mean, just it's going to be a lot of fun. So hang around for that. I have no idea if we have enough fish, to be honest with you. But Jesus only needed two fish and five loaves. Come on, somebody. We, <laughs> we're going to lay hands on that stuff and hope for the best. So hey, uh, pray with me real quick, and we're going to dive into this video. God, I love you so much. God, just so thankful for everything you've done and everything you're going to continue to do. Thank you for everyone that's here today. God, open our hearts to hear and receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, You guys tune in. believe we are 20 years old today. Um, 20 years ago in Stroud, Oklahoma, Felix and I felt like we had heard a word from Jesus asking us if we would be willing to move back to McAllister and start a church. Brooklyn was three and I was pregnant with Kaylee seven months at that time. After wrestling with God, we decided he knew best and so we met with Pastor Charles and Kay Curley and we asked them to pray about starting the King's House with us. They prayed quickly and agreed, so the adventure began. We decided to step out and have crazy faith. The first Sunday, we actually met in my home. We had eight people. And then the next Sunday, we moved to the Aldridge Hotel, where for the next several months, we would set up and tear down uh, Sunday after Sunday. And I would like to say it was easy, but we all know that when Jesus asks something of us, he is always faithful to provide everything that we need, but there is always a fight to see it through. You have to persevere and continue to remind yourself that you have a word from God and he is faithful to complete the word that he has began. You know, some of my memories of being a part of the King's House uh, years ago, I just, I think back with just great fondness of just uh, the anticipation that we experienced all together when we were 
uh, worshiping together and uh, just our, our services. There was just a, an incredible anticipation in those early years that I know has continued through the years and it was just such a special thing to be a part of. One of the things I remember about being a part of the King's House and being on staff at the King's House was the enormous amount of prayer that we that we had together. There was just a I just never been a part of anything where we literally didn't talk about praying, but we literally prayed for for long periods of time and experienced God's presence together. And, and our worship services in those early years, I, I just I just look back. Um, I, it just makes me smile. I love being a part of the King's House. I love being on staff for for the three plus years that I was there, and and uh, it was a special special time in my life, my my wife's life, our family's life. The passion um, that I experienced, that we all experienced at the King's House, was a very powerful thing. Pastor Felix was uh, very, um, very passionate about evangelism, and he uh, everything that he did, he was looking for ways to reach people and share Jesus with people, and so that led us as a staff and as a church to, to constantly be having uh, different creative events that helped us reach people for Christ. I, I remember the the, uh, the power team and you know, we went into all the schools and then we had nightly um, power team performances at the S. Arts Thompson and just thousands and thousands of people that throughout that week we were able to interact with and it was really a neat experience. And I remember a, a thing called the King's Feast, which was uh, really a ser more service oriented, although there was nothing that we did that didn't have an element of evangelism to it. And, going out and bringing people in from all across the community and bringing them in and offering them this, this incredible meal, this banquet, where uh, fine china and great food and all of that, and we just wanted to love on them, and we were bussing them in and all of these different, bringing people from every different angle and loving on them. And remember, we had lines as people were coming in that were cheering for them, and, and uh, it was such a neat experience. Um, so when I look back on, on those, those, uh, those years that I was a part of the King's House, especially you know, on staff, it was a very special time in our lives. And uh, I'm so grateful to see the King's House continue to do uh, really life-changing things in this area. On December 31st, 2008, the King's House experienced a devastating fire. But out of the ashes, the church found new life as they began to worship together. I remember getting the phone call on December the 31st saying that the church had just caught fire. And of course, the first question in your mind is, what in the world is the church gonna do? Where do we go? How do we do it? And uh, I'll tell you what happened is the King's House rallied together. And for the next few weeks, we met at the S. Arch Thompson Auditorium and quickly moved to the Expo Center where we sat up and tore down our church for the next four years. And it was nothing short of a miracle, all the things that God was doing during this time. Every Sunday morning at 6 a.m., I would go to McDonald's I'd pick up sausage biscuits and burritos, go to the Expo Center, and meet up with the teams who would begin setting up 
each week uh, to have a service out there. And this setup was something you've never seen before. The Expo Center became a church, literally looking like a church. And so we did this week in and week out. We had two semi-trailers and two storage containers that we unloaded every single week. And this setup was something like you've never seen before. From a giant 32-foot banner that stretched across the back of the stage to a lighting bar that was hung and flown every single week to projectors to all of a sound that was set up every single week. We had banners. We had a full-blown cafe and tables and chairs and couches. And I'm going to tell you, it was a beautiful thing to walk into the Expo Center and literally feel like you're at a church. Not only did we set up the main worship area, but we had three or four other kids' classrooms that were decked to the hill. All of the toys were in those classrooms ready for the kids every single week. We had banners on the walls, and again, it felt like a kids' classroom for church. And then on top of that, we also had a Kid Nation class for the first through sixth grade where they had their own sound system and own lighting that they set up every single week. And man, I'm gonna tell you something, it was an incredible thing during those times that we would begin forming relationships. And uh, one of the relationships I formed during that time was with Gary Guthrie. I was so nervous when I first came to the King's house. My very first day, I walked in and I started greeting people. Uh, I didn't know anybody, but I was greeting them and welcomed to the King's house. I was very nervous about whether or not I would really be used if there was going to be a place for me to serve. And uh, that was the fall before the church burnt. So very, very shortly into my time at the King's House, I was uh, neck deep. I'm being there before daylight every Sunday morning. Uh, you just kind of immediately start bonding with people and uh, friendships were born and uh, hanging from the ceiling and things like that. You just kind of, you can't help but bond with people. During our days at the Expo, is the time that I was hired at the King's House as the kids pastor. Hannah and I jumped into this thing head first, not knowing what in the world we were doing, but we were ready to serve the kids and serve God. And uh, man, it was just a great time that we had. Here's a picture of our staff we had at the time. Some of you may not know, I have a twin brother. And uh, my brother Brock was the youth pastor, he and his wife Mandy. And uh, they led the youth ministry uh, being very effective in this community. of 2009, uh, the King's House went all out and we had a huge feeding that we took that took place at the Expo Center where we fed hundreds and hundreds of people. And also on that same day, of course, we wanted to do a massive egg hunt. And as you know, Easter, it typically rains when you got eggs ready to go out. And so it was no different that day. And uh, we made an alternate plan the night before and we blew up thousands and thousands of balloons uh, with, with air compressors and uh, we actually had this massive floor of balloons and underneath the balloons were all of these eggs and the kids had an absolute blast. While we were at the Expo Center setting up and tearing down, we moved forward with building plans for this current building that we're in today. We launched a capital campaign, began raising funds, and uh, here's some pictures of what the uh, facility was looking like, the capital campaign looked like. Eventually, we were able to break ground on this new facility.
one of the most exciting days for me after setting up and tearing down for four years every single Sunday was when we moved into this building and we had a move-in campaign we called All Things New. I've got my memories always inside of me but I can't go back back to how it was at the end of the day do you dream of a life where smiles are contagious and laughter never stops where families grow together and kids stay innocent a life full of imagination with a promise of a brighter tomorrow a life full of hope that brings peace at the end of the day a life full of love with the best of friends isn't this what life should be welcome home welcome to church welcome to the king's house place for you to belong, a place where all things are new.
churches all over the place, a network of pastors and leaders, and your impact is going to be globally around the world. I'm so proud of every one of you. And listen, I know everything rises and falls on leadership. You've got one of the greatest leadership lead teams there. Your pastoral team, they are people of authenticity and they're men and women of integrity. And of course, that team wouldn't be there without your great pastors, Pastors Mark and Erica Henning. I want to say to you, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud for you. God bless you. The next 20 years are going to be the best yet to come. I love you. And again, happy anniversary. Man, 20 years, King's House. What and, and, and just an absolutely incredible journey. And, and just like any journey and just like life, I mean, this church has had its mountains and its valleys. It's had laughter and tears. It's had joy. It's had heartache. But when you're able to step back and just look at the whole of what God's done in 20 years, it is absolutely beautiful. It is a miracle what Jesus has done. Can I just tell you from the bottom of my heart and from the bottom of Erica's heart, we've only been on this journey with you for six years, but without a doubt, uh, this has been the greatest six years of our lives, and that is in huge part to the people sitting in this room this morning. You're incredible, by the way. Can you give yourselves a round of applause? I mean, literally, you, you're the greatest group of people that I've ever had. <laughs> you're not that good, Totani. Calm down. <laughs> in, in, in one sense today, a chapter in our story is being completed. Uh, I mean, we, we're putting a period at the end of 20 years, and in so many ways, we as a, as a church, our story, it's come full circle. It's incredible to think that just a group of eight people uh, met together 20 years ago. But as we've come full circle, I mean, th that group of, of people ha had something unique about them. They loved God, they loved people, and they desperately wanted to make a difference in this world. 
And it's so incredible just to see 20 years later, our group has definitely outgrown eight people in a living room. But that same heartbeat and that same passion still exists. We are still a group of people that love God, that love people, and desperately want to make a difference in this world. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. And I just want to take a moment. I know that today I stand on the shoulders of some incredible men and women of God who've gone before me. Again, I've only been here for six years. So much of this story I didn't I didn't work for, but I'm so thankful for Felix and Jolene Waller. I'm so thankful for pastors like Scott Walker and for, for people that have served this church and cast vision in this church. And I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be the man that I am today. This church wouldn't be what it is today if it wasn't for people like them. So I am just so incredibly thankful. And I think we need to be careful this morning, church. I've fallen into this trap so many times over the last however many years I've been in ministry, 22 years I've been in ministry. So many times I missed what God was doing and I didn't fully appreciate it because I was so obsessed with what's God going to do next, with what's happening. I mean, it's just always pushing for more. I allowed the enemy to rob me of so many things. And I think we would be doing an enormous injustice if we didn't really fully appreciate, fully celebrate the miracle that is today. Kings House, we should not be here today. It is a miracle. So I just want to take a minute, press pause, and make sure that we are giving God the praise that he deserves for all of his goodness, for all of his faithfulness, his mercies, every blessing, every miracle that has brought us to this moment. Can we just give God some praise this morning? I mean, not like a little bit of praise. I mean, let's give God some praise this morning. We have so, so, so much to be thankful for. Spoiler alert, I'm probably going to go a little long today, so just get comfortable, okay? It's a special day. To so many churches and to so many pastors, it's easy to look at what God has done and just say, man, this is success. And, and it is in so many rights. I mean, it's, it's beautiful what God's done. But there is this temptation that I think we need to be very careful of, King's House. The temptation is, is like, man, th this is a success. Let's just unhitch the wagon for a little bit. Let's just set up camp, and just for just a little bit, can we just, and just enjoy the view of what God has done? I think this is an enormous trap that we need to be so aware of, King's House. I hope you know today that God is not calling this church to ever live comfortably. Do you realize that? God is not asking this church to relax, to just ease back into complacency. It's actually quite the opposite, friends. God is calling this church, this group of people, to live by by faith. God is calling us to dream some big dreams, putting a passion inside of us to live for something so much more and bigger than ourselves, to pray and believe God for even greater things. I don't know if you're aware this morning, I hope you are, but we have a city and a world that still needs to be reached. Do you realize that this morning? That we still have a gospel to preach, that there are still countless broken, lost, hurting people people who are waiting for us to lead them to the life-changing power of Jesus. Friends, we don't need to shrink back today. We have to keep moving. I believe that's what God wants to put in our hearts today. If you look at a river that's flowing, it's alive, and inside of it, there's so much life and fish and vegetation and things flourish, but if that river ever stops flowing, if it ever stops moving, things begin to change 
change rapidly, especially in this crazy Oklahoma heat and humidity, right? Man, all of a sudden that thing, it used to be so alive, but then it slowly starts getting kind of gross, and you start seeing some green stuff starting to form, and it starts getting stagnant, and if a fresh rain doesn't come and get those waters moving again, everything that was alive and flourishing begins to get sick and diseased, and that thing that used to be so incredible is now dying. King's House, we have to keep moving. I know that we've come full circle in some things, but the circle has to continue. That's something that it just can't quit today. We're putting a period at the end of one sentence, but we have to start a brand new sentence, and we have the power to do that today, friends. I want you to look at a scripture really quickly. It's the last verse in Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, and I think Philippians, man, one of my favorite books in the Bible, an incredible letter. I mean, these promises from God exist in Philippians that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, that his grace is sufficient for me to forget what lies behind, to strive for what's ahead. And look how Paul ends this uh, letter. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, amen. I mean, he writes this incredible letter, and then he puts a period. He ends it. Look at this next verse. It's in Colossians. Colossians, another incredible book, talks about the supremacy of Christ, that through him and by him all things were created, and now in him all things are held together. It does an incredible job of describing the greatness of Jesus. And look how Paul ends this book. I, Paul, write these greetings in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Like, man, that's a great ending. And I'll never forget, years ago, I was finishing Bible school. Yes, I know that's a surprise to some of you. I went to Bible school. I graduated, yes. We did a whole semester studying the book of Acts. And unlike some of the other books in the New Testament, the book of Acts reads like a story. I mean, throw a few pictures in there, man, and I'm good for days. It's this epic tale of how God sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and the church was born, and thousands gave their heart to Jesus, and those disciples were empowered to spread the gospel. And then this one guy, this one day, this man named Saul, who used to persecute the church on the way to Damascus, he has this life-changing encounter with Jesus, and he becomes this incredible missionary, this incredible evangelist, and he spends the rest of his life traveling the world, carrying the gospel. Man, this guy is beaten. This guy is stoned. This guy is put in prison. I mean, the story's incredible. God sends an earthquake. The prison doors fleeing open. Paul is shipwrecked. He is snake bit. He's in prison. He appeals to Caesar. I mean, it's this amazing story, and it just keeps you on the edge of your seat until you get to the very last verse. Put this verse up for me. 28 chapters, man, I'm just in it. I'm captivated. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And that's just it. I mean, I spent a whole semester, like, I'm diving in this book, man, and I'm captivated by it, and I'm inspired by it, and then it just stops. Like, what happened to Paul? Did he ever make it to Peter, what, I'm, to, to Caesar? What happened to Peter? What happened to the church? What happened to Timothy? It just stops. And I was just so, like, it's like watching a movie halfway through, and then the screen shuts off, like, what the, what happens? 
And it bothered me for a few days. And I'm just thinking about it. Like, why wouldn't they tell us the end of the story? And then I had this light bulb moment, this epiphany. And I think it applies so much to us today, King's House. Acts doesn't tell us the end of the story because it couldn't tell you the end of the story because the story isn't over yet. How many of you know that the gospel is still being preached, that the church of Jesus Christ is still growing, that Jesus is still changing lives? The story that started in Acts lives on in each and every one of us. It's our story now, that circle of life and that circle of love continues. Why is this important to us today? Because we know what God's done the past 20 years. We can look back and see many of you lived through it. I mean, and we celebrate it. And 819 people have been saved in three years. It's just, it's mind-boggling what God has done with this body of believers. And that's awesome. But here we sit putting the period at the end of one sentence and the question we have to ask ourselves is, is what does God want us to do for the next 20 years? Man, how, what are we gonna build? How many churches are we gonna plant? How many hearts are gonna say yes to Jesus? How many lives are gonna be revolutionized by his love and the power of his cross? We need to realize today, friends, that we hold the pen that was, that was started in Acts. It's our story now, and we are currently making decisions, currently dreaming dreams, currently casting vision that is gonna steer us into the next 20 years, friends. We have a job to do. Paul writes a letter to the church in Galatia. And apparently there were some religious people who were arguing about religious, legalistic things because that's what religious people do best. Just argue and critical and make things complicated. And uh, we're not, not talking about anybody in this church, obviously. The church down the street, maybe. But not in this room. But just majoring on the minors and making things so complicated they were arguing about should a Gentile who converts have to follow Jewish law and Jewish tradition? Should they have to be circumcised like the Jews? And this is Paul's response. And I think Paul's response is so vitally important to us today. I, I think it gives us a little bit of a blueprint today of what the next 20 years of the king's house has to look like. Look at Paul's response to this. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value, like stop worrying about legalistic, religious nonsense. It has no value. Here it is. The only thing that counts, these are big words. I'm going to say them one more time. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love, King's House. This is what God's calling us to do, faith expressing itself through love. I don't know if you're aware or not, but I'm sure that you are. The world is absolutely, positively sick and tired of politics. Sick and tired of it, the world is sick and tired of a critical, judgmental, rule-based religion 
They have no time for it. It's not reaching anybody. The world is so tired of this so-called Christianity that is heavy on talk and pathetically anemic when it comes to action. Friends, this has to change because the world is desperate for the true church of Jesus Christ to rise up like a city set on a hill and shine so brightly the light of hope and love that the world is in desperate need for, friends. My dear friend, Pastor Scott Walker, says this to me almost every time I talk. And it has really just taken root in my heart, and I think it's so true today. But the church, us, the church, believers, should be the greatest lover of people the world has ever known. That is our commission to be the greatest lover of people. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. God loves people. Jesus gave his life because he loves people. When did the church become this critical, judgmental social club that all they do is look down their noses at broken people? The church is not a museum for the righteous. It's supposed to be a hospital for the sick, friends. God's calling us to love people. We should lead the way in this. We have to ask ourselves this question for the next 20 years of our lives and really every day of your life after that. But how can we, in a real, practical, tangible way, love people, give hope, and lead them to Jesus. This is the, the commission of the church, to love people, to give hope, and lead those lives to Jesus. I don't know what all that looks like exactly, friends. Full disclosure, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, just to be honest with you. I haven't known what I've been doing for three and a half years. But every day I wake up and I say, God, if you show me how to build it, I'll build it. This is your church. You lead me, God. But I do have a dream this morning. And I think it's going to be such a big part of what God uses this church to do in the next 20 years. I have a dream of a community, a place that is full of hope, a place where second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances and sixth chances, come on somebody, and seventh chances and eighth chances are an actual possibility. A place to find God and allow Him to heal, to restore, to put the broken pieces of lives back together. That's what Jesus does. A safe place where kids don't have to grow up so early, man, where a kid can just be a kid and innocence is protected. A place built on the foundational principles of the gospel. A place where love and joy and peace can be a daily reality. A place where God-sized dreams are birthed and destinies are forged and reborn. A place that can show the world that there is a God in heaven that loves. And there is a community of believers that exists in McAllister, Oklahoma, that actually cares not only in word, but in action, my friends. A community of hope. 
last October, I had the incredible privilege of uh, speaking at Dream City Church in Phoenix. I had just finished a 40-day fast. Uh, the church had just become debt-free. I mean, so many amazing things were happening. And early one morning, I, behind the church, they have this mountain called Prayer Mountain. And I climbed to the top of Prayer Mountain, and I just asked God this question. I said, God, how can we, in a real, practical, tangible way, I'm not talking about just having church, friends. I've been having church every Sunday in my life for 38 years. Can I say something as a preacher? But church doesn't change anybody. You realize that? An encounter with Jesus changes everything. But showing up and putting your butt in a pew don't do nothing, friends. We gotta have something bigger than church. How can we in a real, practical, tangible way love people, give hope, and lead them to Jesus? God began to birth a dream in my heart about building transitional homes, about building a community where the gospel can come to life. It seemed huge, it seemed impossible, like every God-sized dream should. And absent from a miracle, it, it can't happen. But if you can accomplish your dream without God, your dream's not big enough, friends. If your dream doesn't scare you, you better get a bigger dream. It terrified me. But I came off that mountain and I was just amazed at how quickly the pieces started falling into place. Within a week, somebody had donated six acres just right up the road, a perfect place to build transitional homes. Out of that, a, a nonprofit business was birthed that's gonna fund transitional homes. It's just amazing how all the pieces of the puzzles started coming together. I wanna show you a picture of what Community Hope is gonna look like, friends. Pause right there. At least 18 duplexes, maybe squeeze a few more in there. Two larger group homes eventually. In my three and a half years, I have done everything right, but I did learn like, Mark, don't reinvent the wheel. Team up with people who are already doing an incredible thing. And that's what the King's House is gonna do. We're teaming up with Hope House. We're teaming up with shared blessings. And they're doing a remarkable, incredible ministry, taking homeless women off the streets. Here's how the process is gonna work. They're gonna live at the Hope House for six to eight months. They're gonna start getting their life put back together. But when they graduate Hope House, then what? Community of Hope is what? Because after their six or eight months at Hope House, then they come to Community of Hope for 18 months, 24 months, 36 months, however long it takes for God to continue to work for them to get their lives back together. Scott Walker already has these creative ideas. He's already talking to lenders. He's already talking to banks. The ultimate goal is after you graduate Hope House, after you graduate Community of Hope, that he's working with lenders and they will be able to purchase their own homes. In, in a matter of three years, these ladies are gonna go from homeless to homeowner. It's remarkable. They'll pay rent, they'll make a budget, 
They'll learn how to handle their finances, but it'll be on a sliding scale depending on each case. The rent will be so, so minimal because some of them are just stuck in this insurmountable hole of legal fees and of court costs. And once you go down that rabbit hole, there's seemingly no way out until somebody like us steps in. Friends, I I don't know about anybody else. I'm so sick and tired of the church sitting around hoping that Washington, that our government sends some kind of bright idea. Can we all say with confidence, those bright ideas aren't coming, friends. What I'm ready to do is for the government to start coming to the church because we have the bright ideas, because we have the answers. Let me show you what these houses are going to look like. Half of them will be two bed, one bath, duplexes on each side. Half of them three bed, two bath on each side. And down the road, guys, we have a problem in Pittsburgh County. It's called the foster care system. 50% of our kids in Pittsburgh County get shipped out of Pittsburgh County because we do not have the families to take care of it. The problem is, is that you have to have so many supervised visits and you have to have so many counseling sessions. And how in the world is a mom from McAllister supposed to get all the way to Dadgum Woodward when they lost their child because of situations surrounding poverty anyways, which makes reunification in the home almost impossible. We need something like this. It's the job of Christians and the job of the church to make a difference in this community, friends. The thing I'm most excited to tell you this morning is, is that I believe that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. Keyword, steps of a righteous man. It bothers me when people sit around and they're wonderful at talking. The world is full of churches that talk. The world needs a whole lot more churches that will take those steps into action. We started talking about Community of Hope last November. Here's what I'm excited to tell you that Sunday night, September 11th, we're gonna put those words into action. We are breaking ground on our very first transitional home. We're starting and we are trusting God. Mark, do you have all the finances that you need? No, (laughs) not even close. (laughs) I remember a church that was bankrupt three and a half years ago. I remember a church that had 150 people three and a half years ago. I remember a church that was losing $30,000 a month three and a half years ago. And I also remember a group of believers that said, we're gonna trust God. We're gonna take steps of faith. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? Those same principles still apply today, friends. We are going to start taking steps of faith. And I believe that God is going to meet us every single step of the way. Because that's all he's done for three and a half years. And I don't believe he brought us this far just to quit today. We can't go wrong loving people. I believe that there is a miracle in this house today. I believe that. I believe that every bit of finances exists in these four walls. I believe that every bit of expertise exists in these four walls. I believe that we have every trade skill. I believe that we have every volunteer. I believe it exists inside these four walls. The question you need to be asking yourself and praying about over the next three months is just simple. God, what would you have me give? God, what would you have me do. I want to be a part of something so much bigger than myself. 
You'll be able to give on the app. You'll be able to give on the website. You'll be able to, I'm not taking an offering this morning. Calm down. Everybody chill out. Get all weird talking about money. But for three months, we're going to pray. And we're going to seek God. And I've seen him do miracle after miracle. And I believe he's going to do it again, friends, because that's what he does. Listen, the trustees have approved me to get a line of credit and get a loan. Whatever you need to do, Pastor Mark, let's launch this ministry. I don't think I'm going to have to get a line of credit. I don't think I'm going to have to get a loan. I think that God is going to provide in a miraculous, miraculous way, King's House. As the praise team comes back up, I want to share this last scripture with you. It's really one of the scriptures of my life. It used to be blown up in my wall when I lived in Missouri. The darkest, most horrific, depressing years of my life where I was just clinging on to any bit of shred of, of hope or a dream. And I used to read this verse and pray this verse over my life and just hold on for dear life. This verse is more alive in me today than it ever has been. And I think it needs to be our anthem moving forward as a body of believers. But we should never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve, I love this part, infinitely more than your greatest requests, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imaginations. Can I read that part one more time? Because that's where you're supposed to like get excited and your face supposed to get built. Oh, let's try that one more time. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest requests, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imaginations this morning, King's House. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. It's what I want to do this morning. I don't want anybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. But there are these moments in life where you've said yes to God and you've followed God and, and you've been a servant of the Lord. All this is wonderful. But there's moments in life where you just need to have a little bit of a gut check and you just need to evaluate some things and say, God, am I really all in? Am I fully committed? That's what I'm asking each and every one of you to do this morning. Just evaluate your heart, evaluate your life. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I fully committed to the cause of Jesus Christ over the next 20 years? Well, Pastor Mark, I don't even know if I'll be alive in 20 years. You might not be. But as long as there is air in your lungs, friends, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And your goal should be to not go creeping, crawling out of this world, but to victoriously leave this earth, having fulfilled all of your purpose, having chased all of your dreams. So here's what I want to ask. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Mark, I am recommitting my life, not to a church, what we're a part of is so much bigger than just a church. I'm not asking you to recommit to a church. I'm asking you to recommit your heart to Jesus, your commitment to Jesus. For these next 20 years, God, whatever you need me to do, God, whatever you need me to say, 
God, wherever you need me to serve, Lord, whatever you need me to give, no matter the cost, whatever it takes, I'm saying yes to follow you, Jesus. If that's you here this morning, I just ask that you would stand to your feet. I am committing, I am recommitting for these next 20 years. No matter the cost, no matter what it takes, I am saying yes, Jesus. Use me, Lord. If you're looking for somebody to use, God, use me. Let's pray together. God, I love you so much. I'm so thankful for what you've done in this church. God, for what you're about to do in this church. God, I am fully convinced that our best days are not behind us, but our best days are out in front of us, Jesus. Lord, we are recommitting our lives to you today. Whatever you need, Jesus, the answer is yes. God, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Hey, let's praise God together, King's House. Come on. Thanks for joining our podcast today. If you are ever in need of prayer or wish to speak to a pastor, please email us at info at thekingshouse.church. And if you would like to give towards the ministry of the King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church slash giving. Or you can text any dollar amount to the number 84321 and simply respond to the prompt sent back to you. If you're ever around the area and want to visit, we meet every week at 124 V. Huber Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit ahead of time where you can reserve your seat, your parking spot, and even pre-check in your kids before arriving on the Sunday of your choice. Just fill out the quick form at thekingshouse.church slash visit. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you can catch all our latest messages, and we look forward to seeing you soon.